Hey guys, welcome to another To Be Praised podcast. I'm your host, Erica Kimberly, the founder of To Be Praised. We are an organization dedicated to the spiritual and leadership development of women. To learn more about what we do, uh, head over to www.tobepraised.com. If you're looking to connect, whether to ask a question, to provide feedback, you can follow our Facebook page or you can slide in the DM. Instagram has been a great tool for me to connect with some of the followers and listeners. So follow at To Be Praised. And if you want to chat with me personally, personally, like me, Erica, um, find me on social media at Erica underscore Kimberly and Erica spelled E-R-I-K-A. So today's topic, I just want to hop into it because I feel like I'm excited and I hope that this is a blessing to you guys. Do not fear, just go. That's our podcast title. This is podcast number seven. Do not fear, just go. And in the beginning of 2018, my theme was focus forward. And I had prayed at the end of 2017 that God would give me a word or a phrase to help me, to ground me in the new year. And initially, I thought that the word would be peace. But the more I thought and prayed about it, it wasn't necessarily peace that I was after. The peace that I felt I wanted was being disrupted by looking backwards. So really, the phrase that I I chose that I feel God had given me was focus forward. Like, you're never going to have peace if you keep looking at the ashes that are behind you. So in focusing forward, I know that you guys can relate to this. There's twists and turns. Sometimes there's a cloud that hangs over the pathway. Sometimes you're walking ahead and you see darkness. Other times you're walking ahead and there is darkness. And you are hoping and praying that the next turn will be a turn towards the light. I feel you on that. I recognize that a lot of you have been in some form of darkness, but it's time to focus forward, okay? Do not fear, just go. I was looking for a topic for a podcast, and my heart was actually in a completely different direction. And as I started to read that portion of scripture, I was like, what? What is, I don't understand. Like, where did this person begin? So I went a few chapters ahead and I saw something that I had not seen before and I thought this God is the thing I need to share so I hope that this concept of not fearing and going forward charging forward focusing forward is one that blesses you because it truly has been a blessing to me we are three months into 2018 a lot has happened but there's still so much to happen ahead of us and if you feel like you've kind of had a rocky start it's fine God will redeem. God will make a way. But you have to really charge yourself with guarding your mind. Okay? That's going to be the commitment you make to yourself. You are in charge of what you focus on. You are in charge of your thoughts. Okay? And anytime your thoughts are in conflict with God's word or uh, God's peace and love, you have to double back and say, this is not a, a thought that God has given me. This is not something that I need to be thinking about because the Bible says, think about whatever is true, honorable, righteous, holy, right? Like those are the things we need to think about. So focus forward is my theme. I impart that to you, but um, you don't have to adopt that as your theme. What we do need to do is learn how to lose fear in order to just go. Now, I'm going to read from 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm not reading the whole thing, so if you want to pause this podcast, open the Bible app, or open your Bible and read all of 1 Kings chapter 17, I would recommend it. If not, um, read it afterwards, because there's a lot in here that I won't read, but you'll be blessed by what I do read. Starting in verse chapter 1, the Bible says, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, 
before whom I stand. There shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here, and turn eastward, and hide in the brook of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook. We're going to drop down to verse 7. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Okay, so here we have um, a prophet, Elijah, who is in a city. The city is worshiping uh, this fixture made out of uh, wood, gold, and it's called Baal. And these people have believed falsely that Baal is in charge of or the god of fertility and rain. So the reason that uh, Elijah pronounces this condemnation that there will be a drought and that there will be no dew and no rain is because he wants to prove to these people that the person in charge of the rain is God and not Baal. Okay, so that's our backdrop. What I want us to glean from the first four verses, including verse seven, who initiates Elijah walking into a place that would bless him, but then also dry up? Who initiates that? God does. In verse two, it says, the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook. Then verse 7 says, and it happened after a while that the brook dried up. I have three points that I'll give you in this podcast. Point number one for those who are taking notes. The drought is a setup. The drought is a setup. God essentially says to Elijah, go to this place. Okay, get away from the people who are falsely worshiping. Get away from the people who don't love me and don't know what I'm about. We'll teach them later. You go to the brook. So Elijah goes to the brook. God says, I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. So the ravens bring him bread. Elijah's there. We don't know for how long, but he's being fed. He's by a brook. He has some water. Day in and day out, this is the process. But then over time, verse 7 says, it happened after a while that the brook dried up. See, and some of us can't focus forward because we're in a season of our lives where the provision the blessing, the thing that God had given you to sustain your life, either physically or spiritually, has dried up. Have you been there? Are you there? There have been many moments in my life that I can look back on and I'm like, wow, I thought that was forever. And God is like, mm-mm, the brook dried up. And it's interesting because one specific example came to mind. I remember when I had a very bad work experience and... um I felt really jaded, really sad, uh, questioned myself, my cr contributions, my ability to contribute to, to what I thought would be um, student outcomes and education, etc. And um, if I look back deeply, I think God definitely led me to, hid me actually, like he did Elijah, in a place, right? I started to, to work in New York. Didn't know anybody there personally. No one knew that I was working there. No one really knew what I was doing. Um, and yet, that was a season and not forever. And I knew it to be true. When I started to, to work at this particular place, I was like, this is great work. I love this. But something in my heart said, this is not going to last very long. And I'm sure Elijah had this thought too. Like, you're living by a brook. 
and it's just not forever. You ever do something, like you move someplace and you're like, this is, I'll live here while I'm building my house or I'll stay here while I look for another apartment. This is just a one year lease. Or maybe you're like, you know what, I'm going to take this job, but I know God that like you have something bigger and better for me in the future. So we recognize that there's many moments in our lives that are seasonal and not forever. So I, while I was working at this job, I developed really great relationships. I, I met a mentor who I believe God had commanded to feed me. She taught me a lot, strengthened me, encouraged me, refined me as well. There were times when I thought things that just weren't necessarily things I needed to be thinking. She's like, no, you need to work this way. So it was a season in my life where I was being nourished. But just like in verse 7, the brook dried up. And it was almost like instantaneously, like you saw the slow drip, but then boom, one day I was like, okay, I have to leave this job. It was a contract position, so I knew I wasn't going to be there forever, but I didn't know how long I would be there. And yet I still grieved when the, the situation ended. I still grieved when the job opportunity ended. And I think that some of us can't focus forward because we get stuck right there. When a door closes and opportunity ends or the brook dries up, how many of you sit right there mad at God knowing it wasn't forever in the first place and you're still like, ugh, I can't believe this. Why did this have to happen to me? God, I thought that you were faithful. He is faithful. And just like Elijah, God is saying, look, there's more for you to do. Focus forward. Don't fear. Get up and go. And I want to say it with some authority because I think a lot of times in this this day and age, people have like passive faith. Sometimes you need someone to tell you to get your weight up. And I'm telling you that because there are people who have had to tell me that. You cannot mourn broken things forever. You just can't. You will spend the rest of your life at point A when God is like, we have miles to go. That's like committing to drive from Connecticut to Miami and you get stuck in traffic in Virginia and you're so salty that you don't even want to get off another exit. You don't want to take the alternate route. You're just going to park your car in the slow lane and say, you know what, I'm mad that this is happening. How many of us have done that? When the brook dries up, you have to go anyways. Forward, not backwards. Don't sit there and pitch a tent and have a fit. In verse 8, um... Verses 8 through 14, actually, we see why God uh, allowed Elijah to be in this particular area in his drought. So I want us to now talk about point number two, which is your lack may be filled by another person who has next to nothing. Your lack may be filled by another person who has next to nothing. In verse 8, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and he went, yada, 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 we're going to skip down. Um, and the widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called and said to her, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go. 
and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the flour, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on earth. Okay, I love this so much because here we have two people who are in need. Here we have Elijah, the prophet. Now, this is the second time that God tells him, arise and go, right? And God tells Elijah ahead of time, look, someone is going to provide for you. So I first need to make a little footnote here for those of you who have been sent out somewhere. God has maybe caused a, a job situation to end, a life situation to end, and you're worried about where you're going to find uh, provision. He has commanded somebody to do it. Okay, I know that oftentimes people like me who are type A want to have things mapped out. You don't know who God is going to send to you. Just know that he has put it on somebody's heart to bless you. Now, on the flip side, here we have this woman who she has barely anything. Barely anything. And yet she is being asked to give her last bit to somebody else. So Elijah and the widow are both in need and they both are finding food source in an unlikely situation from an unlikely person and I really want to go in here because I think some of y'all need me to because you are living a life where you're trying to bless yourself you are trying to network your way places where God is like I'm gonna let you rock but like in a little while, I'm going to have to correct you. See, because I have sent your blessing in the hands of an unlikely person, it's going to come from someone you're not thinking of. And we strive so much. We force things so much. We push ourselves so much to do things in the flesh, not recognizing that if we only took the time to close our physical eyes and to look with our hearts, to look with our spirits, the person we need generally is already next to us. The person we need has already messaged us. The person we need has already asked to have dinner with us, to connect with us on a project, and you're looking all over the place. The person that Elijah needed was right there. And the person that the widow needed, we'll soon to find out, was right there as well. So much of my frustration in life came from running away from God's provision instead of towards it. Do you relate to that? Have you run away? Have you said to yourself, you know what? I got to find somebody who can help me do this, this, and this, and this. And God is saying, but I just didn't. I, if you just go back in your email, someone has already offered that. But it doesn't look the way you want it to look. It doesn't have the structure that you want it to have. Maybe it's not the person that you thought it would be. I'm sure Elijah never really gave too much thought about um, this woman because it's like, all right, it's a lady. She has a son. She's a widow. He's still going to ask her for what he needs because he believes in God. I'm sure this lady is like, why is this strange man talking to me? See, sometimes we'll have those connections with people and you don't even understand why you're so connected to them. They look nothing like what you thought the connected person would look like because you conjured something up in your mind based on your own thoughts and your own desires. 
this is why I think a lot of times like God has to lead some of us through hardship. See, some of you may have financial stress because God is like, if I bless this person too much, they'd walk away from me. They'd run away from me. It's like a parent and a child. You know, I don't have kids, but I work with kids and my middle school students often need micro instructions. If I gave them the full day schedule, they would ruin the day. But I have to give them little bitty tasks in order to keep them on track. And that's like God and us. He will give us little things. Okay, go here. Do this. Answer that email. Yep, make that friend. Yep, have that conversation. Because you'll ruin it simply because it doesn't look like what you want it to look like. In verse 12, what's so poignant is this woman says, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. So... Here's where we can be very honest with ourselves. Some of us, right, will be filled by another person who has next to nothing. But see, sometimes you're not Elijah, you're the widow. So who, who's listening right now, who of you feels as though you have nothing? Have you been feeling like there's an area in your life, maybe it's your finances, your relationships, your, uh, your spirit itself? where you're lacking abundance, I want to ask you a very serious question and I want you to, to let this take root in your heart. What is left in your hand? See, this woman is saying, I only have a handful of flour left. I mean, I'm no baker, but I'm pretty sure you can't do too much with a handful of flour. That's probably like a cup. How many cakes was she really going to make for her and her son? And yet, some of you only have a little bit left. And I don't want to know what has left you. I want to know what is left. See, focus forward. Too many times we're focusing on who has left us. That relationship five years ago that didn't work out, you can't even thank God for the person that likes you now because you're worried about who has left you. You can't thank God for the job you have now because you're worried about what left you. What do you have left? The concept of focusing forward, the concept of just going, requires us to acknowledge what is still there, who is still there. Yes, there may be things in your life that have been taken away or dried up, but God is asking you, what is left in your hand? You may only have a handful of faith left. Jesus said you only needed a mustard seed anyway. You may only have a handful of courage left. God said, be strong and courageous. I will be with you wherever you go. You may only have a handful of love left, but God commanded us to be fruitful and multiply. And let me tell you something. God will always multiply what is left in our hands when we're willing to have blind trust and to give it over to him. That's the test. That's the test. You know, my mom laughs at me all the time because I'll always be talking to her about a test. Because I can tell when things get a little crazy and a little murky and I'm like, oh, mom, that was a test. That was a spiritual test. And she'll come back and say, girl, pass the test. And I have to focus forward. I have to focus spiritually, too. See, because if I look at certain situations physically, I'll be looking at it from a skewed perspective. When you have something left in your hand, you have everything that you need. But you often, I often walk through life wanting more, more, more. I need abundance. I, can, I can't do God. Listen, I can't do this ministry unless you give me all of these things. Father God, I can't, I can't love this person because there's nothing to love. And God is like, there's something in there. Find it. 
Find it with your spiritual eyes. Lord God, I can't, I can't teach these children. I don't, I don't have enough knowledge. I don't have enough education. You teach them what you know. Oh, Lord, I can't make a change in my community because I don't know enough of the community. I need more, 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 Father God, more connections, more people, more insight, more knowledge, more. I just need. And God is like, what's left in your hand? What's left? I will multiply what's left. So the widow in First Kings had absolutely no reason to trust the God of Elijah. But she did blindly because Elijah was making her a promise that the, the oil would not run dry, that the flour would be in abundance. So she said, you know what, I'm going to focus forward. I know that's what she had to say because she ended up obeying him and she made that cake for him. And then she had enough to make for her and her son. See, she believed the unbelievable. She did the impossible. She fed three people with a handful of flour. Again, I'm no baker, but like I've cooked enough. If you follow me on Instagram, you see I cook enough to know that a handful of flour with a little bit of oil won't do too much. But see, God said, I will multiply. So when Elijah tells the woman, do not fear and go as you said, he's saying, don't fear. Do what you committed to do. Do what you committed to do and make that small cake. Now, someone needs to know, one of you listening needs to know that you need to do what you said you were going to do. See, because God is looking and he's waiting and he's watching. Have you let fear get in the way? I have many times. I've been afraid of things that don't even make sense. I've been afraid of people that God says they are, they are nothing to me because they're an enemy. They have, they have built an enemy uh, tent towards me. And I'm sitting here like, Lord, but they don't like me. And God is like, and they don't like me either. But I love you. And I love them too. And they'll recognize later. But right now, are you going to sit here and be afraid? Are you going to go and do as you have said? There's so many plans that I have for To Be Praised. And even this Cinco de Mayo chat and chew is me stepping out. This is the first uh, event that I'm doing in my hometown. I generally have done these events in other places. And God is pushing me out of my comfort zone to go and do as I said. And I, years ago, when I first started To Be Praised, said I wanted to host an event in my hometown for women who grew up there just like me wanting real friendships with other women, wanting to be connected. Do not fear. Just go. I could say, oh, I don't have enough this. I have said that. I'm like, God, I don't think I have enough money. I mean, I'm going to need a caterer. You know, I got to make these flyers and I need, I need a designer. And God is like, I have given you everything. So some of you may need to know that your blessing is going to come from an unlikely person. Elijah was blessed by an unlikely person. The widow was blessed by an unlikely person. And both of them had to move forward and obey in order to receive their blessing. So for me, I'm thinking about these plans that I have. And this is just a small example. But I've had to say to myself, wow, your blessing is going to come from an unlikely person. There's so many women who lately have been pouring into me. Women who I've met through other women. And I'm just like, God, what are you doing? And he's saying, I am going to give you a blessing from someone who may feel like they actually have nothing to give. But the thing that they're giving you is going to be everything. And that leads us to point number three. Serving others first will bless you later on. Serving others first will bless you later on. See, Elijah served God, right? 
And then God brings him to this woman who has nothing really to offer but a small amount of food. And this woman commits herself to serving Elijah first. Remember what he says. He says to her um, in verse 13, but make me a small cake from it first. Bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. So she does it. She went away in verse 15 and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. That was her blessing. See, she was obedient. She did it God's way. But in verse 17, we see things take a turn. And it happened after, uh, after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. And his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? I mean, she is she's distraught. Remember, she's a widow. So she's already lost her husband. We can presume that it's the father of this boy. So she's already experienced death once. Can you relate? Have you been through a season where you experienced death once and then you are staring death in the eye again? It is approaching you and you're saying, Father God, no, not my, no, not my baby. No, not my parent, not my grandparent, not my church mentor. And it's coming so fast. What's amazing is Elijah then he asked for the son Verse 20, then he cried out to the Lord, O Lord God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow whom I lodge with by killing her son? And he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray that this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he re revived. Here's what's interesting. There's some stuff in your life that's dead, gone, dead. Then there's some stuff in your life that's dead for a season, only to be revived again. See, I don't know about you, but I love that God can raise something from the dead. I love that Jesus had to die. There's so many people who, you know, get stuck on that. I actually love that Jesus died because it's in his death that he was able to raise himself back up again the bible says and i know that there are things in my life that were dead that i'm like lord god revive it bring it back father god this woman served elijah when she had next to nothing she chose to just do as she had said she was going to do which was make those cakes she chose not to fear. And yes, there comes now a situation in her life where death is around the corner. But in order for her to have her son back, he needed to die. In Acts chapter 20, 35, Jesus said, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. See, God is consistent and God is forever. God does not change. It is more blessed to give than to receive. If you focus forward, there will be times when God asks you to serve other people. And he's going to see if you can serve people before he blesses you. And many times, you want to be blessed. You want the crown of righteousness. You want the glory, the fame. You want all the likes on the post. You want all the shares on the post. You want everybody to love you. But are you willing to first serve others? Are you willing first to be a blessing to others? That's a personal question. 
That's a personal question. I know there was a season in my life last year and the year before when I had nothing. And I was like, God, I have no money. How in the world do you want me to run to be praised? Like some of y'all don't know websites cost money. A host, a server costs money, hundreds of dollars to do this and to do that. And I'm thinking, how, God, are you going to allow me to bless people when I can't even bless myself? But see, I did it. So I know that God is real. I did it and I did it sometimes with tears when I prayed those in, pray, I paid those invoices. I did it with tears when I was driving places. I did it with tears when I was researching things. And in this season of my life, God is like, you know why I'm blessing you financially now? Because you allowed me to work in your life when you had nothing. Serving others first will bless you later on. If this woman would have rejected Elijah, what would have happened when her son got sick? He would have been dead, gone twice right he would have been dead gone no reviving but see she put someone else before her and that's what allowed her to receive life again if you put your faith in God there's nothing that he can't do your dreams may be dead maybe right now today you're like I only have a handful of dreams left Erica because everything else has fallen apart my career hasn't worked out this is my third job in a couple of months because I've been going temp to temp to temp maybe your faith you're like my faith is dying my optimism my hope Erica it's gone I have nothing to hope in anymore because every time I hope nothing works out my purpose is dried up because I don't even know how I can actualize my dreams God can bring any dead thing back to life he can revive it and he will revive it you have to change your mindset and focus forward I love to be practical so I want us to to bring the the lesson now to a close do these three things Okay, and message me if you do it so that I can hold you accountable, but also know that I'm doing these things and holding myself accountable. Number one, identify the area of your life that feels dried up, dead, or empty. Remember, this story starts with a drought. So there's an area of your life where God may have uh, caused a drought. And the repercussions of that is you don't now have enough. Remember, the drought that, that was um, experienced by Elijah is the same drought that the widow had. And then in her situation, it was further perpetuated because she didn't have enough food. So identify the area in your life. Maybe it is your career. Maybe it's a dream. So many of you contact me and you're like, I've always wanted to do this and I don't know how to do it. Like, is that an area in your life that's dead? Your dream you feel is dead? You got to change your perspective. Why? Because point number two, there are resources around you. No matter how small or seemingly insignificant, there is someone in your sphere of influence who can bless you. You got to change your mind about things. Sometimes, let me tell you something, I'm keeping it real on this one. You got to change your mind about people. If you look at the bad in people, you'll never see what they can do. You'll never see their potential. You will never see the God in them because you're too busy looking at, oh, well, you know what? They don't do this. You know, he don't know that. No, he don't know how to do that. So mm, some of y'all are looking at your spouses like that. You done prayed for that man. And here you go talking about that. He don't have no good qualities inside of him. Vice versa, fellas doing it to the ladies. Oh, you liked her at one point. Then all of a sudden, oh, no, she don't do this. She don't do that. Okay, your blessing may be in that person that you're treating insignificantly. And God is like, I created a world inside of them that your dream can live inside. But because you discard them, look at you, stuck in the drought. 
third thing is pray about a person or a situation that you can bless you will be blessed when you bless others the widow was blessed after she blessed somebody else okay identify an area in your life that seems dried up identify the resources that are around you that may seem small and insignificant that can bless you your dreams your purpose god's call in your life your vision your work etc and then pray about a person or a situation that you through your talents can bless in conclusion do not fear just go do what you said you were going to do this woman was committed to making those cakes and guess what she had food for days because she was obedient but not only that when her son got sick God brought him back to life. You have to focus forward. Remove fear. Whatever you feel is standing in the way of your fear, ask God to free you from like from that situation. A person, I've prayed many people out of my life. I continue to do so. I never feel bad about it. Because if there's something in my life that's causing me to feel like they're the Goliath and that God is not bigger, I have to remove that because I need to see God clearly. Also, Stop overthinking. Everyone is not out to get you. Everyone is not out to harm you. Nine times out of ten, you are self-sabotaging. Trust me on that one too. I've been there and I've done it. If you focus forward and go forward, you have to know that you can't overthink the process. If this widow would have said, oh no, I don't have a dash of salt, don't have a little tablespoon of uh, vanilla, don't have the the three cups of flour she would have never made that cake and she would have never blessed the prophet of god who would have never prayed over her son stop overthinking the process do the thing that you said you were going to do period just go do not fear just go do the things that you have committed to and bless somebody else because you will never know never will you know when you'll need that person to bless you Sometimes we want to be blessed before we give a blessing and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to help, but I need to get help first. Auto-correct your thinking. I've had to auto-correct my thinking on that many times. But when you put other people first, God honors it. He will always honor it because it's more blessed to give than receive. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this was an encouragement to somebody. Do not fear, just go just go. If you are struggling, um, please feel free to message me. I would love to pray for you. I find it to be one of the greatest honors of my life that God allows me to pray for other women um, and also for some men. So if you need that, let me know. I'll be more than happy to pray you through this process. Also open to being an accountability partner for anybody who is struggling with focusing forward, who is struggling with um, diminishing fear and, and going forward to do the things that they said that they were going to do. So hit me up if you need an accountability partner or a prayer. I'm doing a part two of this podcast, and it's going to be called When God Makes It Rain because that's how, you know, they're in a drought, but God is going to definitely make it rain on these people, and God is going to bless Elijah immensely. So check out that podcast, which will be coming soon. Again, follow at To Be Praised or head to www.tobepraised.com. If you want to share this podcast with somebody else, please do so on Facebook. Um, rate it on iTunes because that's how more people will see the um, podcast. And lastly, again, if you're interested in the chat and chew, go to tobepraise.com, click events, and you will see all the info there. It's on Cinco de Mayo in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And I'm so excited. Thank you. It is an honor to, to serve you and to chat with you. I love you all. And please remember 
that a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. 